So I want to talk to you this morning out of the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Um, you guys can go there um, and we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get there, get to that chapter in just a minute. But I want to tell you this story that I heard about. It's a, a true story that I heard about. This, this is a true story. It's kind of, kind of crazy. It's been reported in numerous newspapers. Um, listen to this. It's in Mount Vernon, Texas. Drummond's Bar began construction on expansion of their bar to expand their business. The local Baptist church started a campaign to block the bar from expanding. Okay? The local Baptist church started a campaign to block the bar from expanding through prayer, fasting, and petition. They were sending out petitions. Work progressed on the bar right up to the week of reopening when suddenly <laughs> lightning struck the bar. True story. Lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. True story. This is a newspaper. After the bar burned to the ground due to the lightning, the church folks were rather smug. They're walking around rather smug because God answered their prayers, right? Until, yeah, that is until the bar owner sued the church. On the grounds, the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of the building, either through direct or indirect means. In its reply to the court, listen, the church denied all responsibility in any connection to the building's demise. So the judge reads the bartender's complaint, and then he reads the church's reply. And this is what the judge said, and I quote, I don't know how I'm going to decide this case. It appears by the paperwork, we have a bar owner who believes in the power of fasting and prayer. And an entire congregation of a church who does not believe in the power of fasting and prayer. Well, let me tell you something. There's a church right here, Restoration Church, that still believes in the power of fasting and prayer. Amen? And everybody that's hungry said, amen. Come on, y'all. We still believe in the power of fasting and prayer. See, that's a dilemma, isn't it? They're in, they're in a dilemma. Listen, if the Muslims believe in fasting and prayer, and they do, they fast for 40 days during Ramadan. They pray five times a week. If the Buddhists and the Hindus believe in fasting and prayer, and they do, amen? I believe the church of Jesus Christ should believe what the Bible teaches us about fasting and prayer for 40 days. And the ones who didn't clap wasn't here last week. Got now, the church of Jesus Christ should believe what the Bible teaches about fasting and prayer. Moses and Elijah did it for 40 days. Daniel did it for 21 days. Listen, Paul did it for 14 days, 10 days, 7 days. He said, often I was in a time of fasting. Peter did it for three days. The early church had days of fasting. They did. And on the Day of Atonement, I'm going to tell you, every writer of the book of the Bible would at least fast for one day a year. They did. The, the, the Bible says it. Because the Bible teaches, listen guys, if you are a believer, you will fast. I'm going to tell y'all, um, I was sick, most of y'all know, but, but I had COVID. And there was a time when there were things weren't looking good. And they would call a fast. And I'm telling you, things happen. We're going to talk about that. But things happen in the spiritual realm when we do something physical with our body. Amen? Amen. There were times when, when, when we, were, we needed breakthrough. This kind. Listen, listen, listen. I want to talk to you this morning about what happens when you fast and when you pray. Like I said, last week we talked about Jesus calling us to fast. He modeled for us to fast as our example to fast and what happens, you know, you know when, we, when we fast. But I want to tell you what happens in the unseen world. What happens in the spiritual when we do something in the physical? Y'all follow me? Y'all awake this morning? Y'all need some of Laura Kay's coffee? Whew. I'm going to apologize in advance. Right now I had two cups of it and we're in trouble. That stuff was stickle stand up in it. I'm telling y'all, listen. What happens in the spiritual realm when we fast? 
and we do something with our physical body, okay? That's what I'm gonna talk about to you. So Father, we just pray, Lord, right now that you just have your way, God. We pray, Father, as we dive into your word, Lord, we just pray, God, that hearts are softened. God, we pray, Father, Lord, that we, we, we're, we're fasting for a reason, for a purpose, because you told us to. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at that story in the book of Daniel here in a minute um, as he's fasting and praying. But I want to talk to you first. It's a quick story out of the book of Exodus in chapter 17. It's, it's, it, it's a great lesson to teach us. Moses wasn't fasting, but it is a great lesson to teach us indirectly about fasting. Okay? Look at this. He said in Exodus 17 verse 11. And so it was when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. I know you all probably heard this story. Probably all know, know, know this, right? So, so as Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he had started letting his hands down, it said Amalek prevailed. God commanded him to lift his hands. Y'all follow me? Listen to this. And as long as he had his hands in a physical posture with his body, as long as he's got his hands up, Israel was renting the war. As long as he had his hands toward heaven in obedience to what the Lord told him to do. He had his hands up in obedience, in physical obedience to what God told him to do. What he did with his body, guys, listen. Listen, what he did with his body, the Israelites would win the war if he obeyed, was obedient to what God told him to do. You follow me? Listen. But when he became fatigued and tired, his hands would start to drop. And as he got weary, when his hands started coming down, the Amalekites started prevailing. And two men, the high priest Aaron and another man named Hur, would come up under him and hold his arms up. They would hold his arms up, right? And they held his arms up toward heaven because, because as his arms would come down, he would start losing the battle. But as they held his arms up toward heaven in obedience to what the Lord had commanded him to do, the children of Israel were winning the battle. And I want you to catch this now. As long as he had physical obedience, he was winning the battle in the unseen world. Amen? As long as he had physical obedience, and, and, and this story is important because it reinforces the fact, look at this right here, it reinforces the fact that physical obedience brings spiritual release. Physical obedience, what he did with his hands, he was in physical obedience to the Lord, brought spiritual release, right? You can say, well, if God's going to win the battle, he's just going to win the battle. I mean, he's God, but not in this story. You're right. He can come win the battle if he wants to. He's God, but not in this story. He had a particular command to Moses. And he told him, said, the only way you're going to win this battle, right? The only way this battle is going to be won is if you have physical obedience. He can wipe them out if he wanted to. He's God. Because physical obedience brings spiritual release. Amen? And that's why this story is so important, guys, because somehow there's a connection between what we do physically, what we do with our body, what we do in obedience to what the Lord has called us to do. There's a connection between that and what happens in the heavens, what happens in the unseen world. Amen? What we do here with our physical bodies makes a difference, okay? Angels were released into that battle, right? Angels were released into that battle when he raised his hands physically because God told him to. The Lord told him to. And, then, and like I said, if his hands started coming down, then the angels would withdraw and they would begin to fall under defeat. Y'all follow me so far? Okay. You know you don't hear much about angels in the Western church. You don't hear much about angels in our church culture nowadays, right? You don't hear much about angels in our church culture anymore. But we don't hear anything about angels. Look at this. I want to show you this in Hebrews 1.14. And I don't know why we don't talk about spiritual things. I don't know why we don't talk about this in the modern church today. Because in Hebrews 1.14 right here it says, are they not all ministering spirits? Look at this. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister, to render services? Are they not all sent out to render services for those who will inherit salvation? Amen? How many of y'all in here are saved? The ones who didn't raise their hand, you're going to be by the time this is over. 
Amen. But when you inherit salvation, it says that they are sent forth to render services, to minister to those who have salvation. Right? And it says this in, in, in verse 7. Look at this right here in the same chapter, Hebrews right there. It says that the angels of God are spirits that are sent out as flames. And as ministers, he sends them out as ministers as a flame of fire. Come on, y'all. read. Y'all need to read Hebrews. He says that his angels, the angels of God, they send out as ministers of flames of fire. And we don't even talk about it, right? I, I, I'm telling you what, here, here's what happened. He, he, he mentions that there's breath and there's wind and there's flames. And, and that's what angels are like, right? He says, I'll release these angels of fire when you do something physical with your body and you do something obedient. He said, I'm going to dispatch these angels and release them into your situation. I'm telling you. That's what he said. I want you to get it now. Here's the point. Hands are raised. And as long as they're raised, the angels are dispatched into that situation. Amen? As long as they're raised and Mo uh, Moses obeys and does what God tells him to do, right, he starts winning the battle. But as his arms start coming down, he starts losing the battle. Physical obedience Bring spiritual release. The Bible says to lift up your hands without wrath or doubting. Look at 1 Timothy 2.8. He says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. The word wrath means don't get mad about the instructions that God gave you to do when he told you to do it. That's what the word wrath means. So don't get mad about it. I pray that you lift up your Hands everywhere without wrath or doubting. Wrath means you get mad about it. You do it without, without wrath. You, you, you get mad because God's told you to do something physically. And then without doubting, doubting means that you don't question it. Well, what good does it do anyway? What, what good does it do? I'm going to raise my hands and it just really ticks me off. And I don't know. I mean, what good does it do anyway? Without wrath and without doubting. When God tells you to do something physically, he said, lift your hands. Don't just stand there arguing with God and like, well, I don't, I don't lift my hands. I don't have to lift my hands out. What good is it going to do anyway? Right? Come on, y'all. The truth is physical obedience brings spiritual release. And everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. Come on. Every time. How much more if the lifting of the hands in the, under the old covenant, how much more if the lifting of the hands under the old covenant brought spiritual release, how much more do you think fasting and prayer is Jesus modeled under the new covenant? How much more do you think that would release spiritual stuff? Amen? Under the new covenant of how Jesus modeled for us to fast and pray. Come on, y'all. It's good stuff. For 40 days, he fasted and prayed. Fasting and prayed. Our physical obedience brings spiritual release. Especially when we do it without wrath or doubting. Amen? Especially when you do what God has commanded you to do without wrath or doubting. What good does it do to fast? It does good because God said to do it. That's why it does good. Because God said to do it. It does good because Jesus said this kind, this kind comes out but by fasting and prayer. That's why it does good. In the modern church, guys, listen, we have reduced everything down to feelings. We, Y'all ain't listening this morning. We have reduced everything down to feelings with no physical action attached to it. Amen? I'm telling y'all, in the modern church, I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm humble, so I don't, I don't have to get down and pray. And I feel like, what? Are you serious? I feel like I'm humble, so I don't have to get on my knees before the Lord. Well, I feel like I love the Lord and I worship him in my heart, so I don't have to raise my hands and worship the Lord and stand there because I, I feel it in my heart. God knows my heart. Come on. I had to raise my hands. God knows my heart. I don't have to tap my feet and, and worship God with physical obedience to what the Lord told me to do when he said lift my hands without wrath or doubting. Come on. I feel faith, so I don't ever have to risk anything. I feel like I have faith in my heart. God knows my heart. Everything gets reduced down in the modern church to just feelings that you have in your heart. 
to just feelings. Like, like there's, it's all internal stuff, but there's no physical manifestation. Amen? If I just, listen, if you just tell your, your husband or your wife or your spouse, well, I, I love you on the inside, and you never show them on the outside with some type of physical, you're going to be in trouble. I'm telling y'all, it's all internal. I love you on the inside. I truly love you, and you don't show them. You won't have problems. There's no physical manifestation. And God says, sometimes, everybody say sometimes. I demand physical obedience. Sometimes, he says, I demand a physical act of obedience before I release spiritual rewards. It's in the Bible. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. He says, but I demand a physical act of obedience sometimes before I release. Because listen, fasting is one of those acts of obedience. The Lord has called us to it. Have I lost weight? Huh? Do I look good, Scott? Did I wear this shirt last week? Can I tell you that one of the physical acts that God has called us to is fasting right now? Amen? True story. There are times when God requires a physical action. Look at this. There are times when God requires from all of us, from every single one of us, listen to me. There's times when God requires from every single one of us a physical action. Amen. A physical reaction. Why? Because there's a connection between the physical action here and the spiritual release there. Had y'all got that so far? Okay, I'm going to move on then. No, I'm not. Moses. As long as his hands was... You got it? As long as his hands was up, Israel was winning. And as long as his hands started coming down, they were losing. All right? Sometimes God requires an act of physical obedience because physical obedience releases what? Spiritual power. They've been paying attention. Sometimes physical obedience releases spiritual power. Sometimes it releases spiritual favor. Sometimes it releases blessings. Sometimes it releases miracles. Come on, y'all. Sometimes it releases everything that you need. Sometimes you're praying to God and you say, God, here I am. Amen. I want you to understand. It's foolish to worship angels. Amen. It's foolish to worship angels. No doubt about it. We don't go around amazed looking for all these angels to, 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 to worship and stuff. It's foolish to worship angels. The Bible's clear about it. He says, worship the Lord your God and only what? Him. Right? It's foolish to worship angels. But it's equally as foolish to ignore them. It's equally as foolish to ignore them. Amen? I want to tell you, they're in this book for a reason. They're in this book, so they're real. They're in your Bible for a reason, and they're real. And when you begin to fast and pray, you release God's supernatural have, uh, forces from heaven. Do you hear me? When you begin to fast and pray, you're releasing God's supernatural forces from heaven. That's what happens. I'm going to show you this right out of the Bible. I'm going to show you this in a minute. I want you to think with me for a minute. Like, you hear this saying. Y'all probably all heard it. Higher levels, higher devils. Have y'all heard that? No? Some of you have, some of you haven't. So you hear this saying, higher levels, higher devils. That's a cool saying, like, yeah, I get it. The higher you go, you know, in the Lord, the more the devil's going to attack you. And you know what I'm talking about? You ever heard that? Higher levels, higher devils. I get it. I get it. It's a good saying and all that. But you know what? That statement to me almost glorifies the devil. It almost, to me, glorifies the devil, right? Because higher levels, higher devil. You know what? It almost says, well, well I don't want to go too high because the devil's going to start attacking me. I don't want to go too high. I don't want to go too far because the devil's really going to attack me. And, 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 and it's almost saying, like, like, well, if I go too high, the devil's really going to know who I am. Let me tell you something. He already knows who you are. Amen? He already knows who you are. And let me ask you, who's protected more on a battlefield? 
the, the enlisted man, the, the, the new private, uh, new enlisted man, or the five-star general? Who has more soldiers around them? The PFC private first class or the five-star general? It's a question. Who's more protected? Who has more soldiers around them? The truth is, listen to this. Higher levels, higher angelic protection. Higher levels, higher angelic participation. Amen? In your life. Higher angelic participation in the assignment that God has given you. Higher levels, higher angelic protection. Come on, y'all. The greater God trusts you with the assignments he's given you, the greater he's going to protect you. Amen. Higher levels, higher devils. I don't want to go up there because I'm going to get it. Come on, man. Higher levels, the more you're being protected by God and the assignment that he's given you in your life. I promise you, just like, just like Elisha. He walks out on the battlefield and, and the, the servant comes running up to him. The servant comes running up to him. He said, what are we going to do? The Assyrians have us surrounded. He's blind. They all went blind. Read it. Read it, Elijah. He, uh, uh, he, he, say, he says, what are we, we going to do? I know, right? He says, the Assyrians have surrounded us. Elisha says, just relax. Calm down. He prayed the Lord would unblind them. And as soon as the servant would come unblind, he looks around and he's seen chariots of horses and fire all around him. Come on, y'all. The higher level, the higher angelic protection, he become unblind and he looks, he's like, sees chariots of horses and fire and soldiers all around him, y'all. Because the higher the call on your life and the assignment, the higher the divine protection on your life, the higher the divine protection on your family. When you're going higher, the higher the protection that you have in your life. Amen. Come on, y'all. The higher it is on your family, I'm telling you, don't be afraid to dream big. Don't be afraid to pray big. Don't be afraid to ask for big favors. I'm telling you, I'm not going to back down because I'm scared the devil's going to attack me. We've come too far, Restoration Church, to back down because we're afraid the devil's going to attack us. We've come too far. Give them a shout of praise if you believe it right now. Higher levels. Higher levels, higher angelic protection. We're going to quit and not go any further. We don't want to go... We don't want to start all this because we're afraid the devil's going to attack us. Come on. Put up your dukes, boy. Huh? Higher levels, higher devils. Come on, y'all. telling you. The story in Daniel chapter 10. Listen, it shows us how fasting and prayer affects the unseen spirit world. You got to see this. You got to see this. I'm going to start reading in uh, uh, verse 2. Don't worry, I'm halfway through my sermon right now. We're just getting started. I don't even have to look at my watch. I got a clock right there. I'm halfway through. Y'all hang on. Hang on. I'm halfway done. Bring it on. Daniel 10, chapter, two, uh, chapter 10, verse 2. Starting in verse 2. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Woo-hoo, come on. We feel you. I ate no pleasant food, no wheat, no, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Daniel has a vision, and, and it starts in verse 4 all the way down to verse 9. He has a vision. An angel appears to him, okay, and, and, and starts speaking to him. Verse 10, go down to verse 10 for time. He says, suddenly, while I was fasting... While I was praying, while I was eating nothing but vegetables, while I was seeking the Lord, while I made a vow to God, he says, suddenly, while I'm doing all this, come on, if you read Daniel chapter 1, he tells you all the things that he was fasting from. He was eating vegetables and water. That was it. Read read Daniel chapter 1. But he says, suddenly, while I was doing all this, I ate vegetables. I abstained from pleasant food. He said, while I was in this three-week time, this 21 days of prayer and fasting, an angel appeared to him. It's a good spot for y'all to say amen, the rest of you. Thank you. I can go now. I can move on. Listen, suddenly, while I was fasting, verse 10, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Verse 11, he said, everybody say these next words. Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. Understand the words, he says said to me, oh, Daniel, 
man, greatly beloved. Understand the words that I speak to you. This is an angel talking to him. Notice he said, he says, I, he said, this is how God sees you. He comes to him, he says, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, I love you. That's, I want you to see that. That's how God feels about you. Oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking these words, I stood and trembled. Verse number three, he says, I ate no pleasant food. Listen carefully. The word pleasant there is desirable. That word pleasant there is desirable. I ate no pleasant. I ate no desirable food. Amen. My translation of that is I became a vegetarian. I ate no pleasant food. Where are my meat eaters at? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all love meat. I'll make sure I was in the right place. God gave you these incarnate incisors right here for a reason. That's to shred meat with. Come on, y'all. Listen. He said, I ate no pleasant, desirable food. Now, watch this. What's interesting here is Daniel in verse 11, chapter 10 right here. What's interesting, he says, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. That word greatly beloved is the same word described as desirable. I'm telling you, that word greatly beloved is the same word that's described desirable. He says, oh, Daniel, you're greatly desired. I ate no desirable food. And God's response was, oh, Daniel, you are greatly desired by me. Amen? He ate no desirable food. So God's response was, Daniel, now you are greatly desirable to me. I ate no desirable food. He said, I became a man that was greatly desired by God for the past 21 days. I ate no desirable food for 21 days. And I became desired by God. There's a difference, folks, listen, between God's love and God's favor. Come on. God's love is 100% full on, free, all the time. You cannot earn it. You do not deserve it. The Bible says nothing can separate you from it. It's there for you 200, uh, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's nothing you can do to separate you. His love is full. It's real. It's free. It's for you. And God loves you. But there is a difference. Okay, let's give it up for God's love. Okay, thank you. But there is a difference between God's love and God's favor. Favor is different because it is initially given to us as a gift. Come on, y'all. Favors increase. Favors increase depends on our stewardship. Look at this. Favors increase. I think we have that. I want you to read it. Nope. It's coming. Favors increase is dependent on our stewardship. Our stewardship, what we do, gains God's favor. And I want to tell you, the love of God is absolutely full and free. It's perfect love. It's full and it's yours. But the favor of God does not come in in its fullness. I want you to listen to me. In its fullness until we obey, till we do something out of obedience or sacrifice. You look at people and you think, well, they're favored by the Lord. Praise God, they are. But I'm telling you, it will not come in its fullness. You think of some people in your life, you look at them, you're like, man, they're so favored. They got everything together. But what have they sacrificed to get there? Amen? You think this is just going to be all valleys and no mountains. You don't work that way. The favor of God, guys, listen, does not come in its fullness until you do certain things that gets God's attention. Amen. amen. I got one little amen out of that. My wife had to say that because she's got to ride home with me. <laughs> you cannot buy God's favor, but you do not get more of God's favor without sacrifice. Amen. The increase of favor, 
comes from obedience and sacrifice. Guys, listen, Daniel's story is a story of favor. It's a story of favor. He was feeling the weight and the destiny of his family, of his people, of his nation, and in desperation, he says, you know what, I'm going to push away from the table. I'm not going to eat anything that is desirable. I'm going to push away, and I'm going to seek the Lord. And the Lord's response to what he did, just eating vegetables, drinking water, and Daniel didn't say, well, what good does it do anyways? And do that. This is dumb. I don't get... And the Lord's response to him. Daniel says, it doesn't matter what I do physically. Come on. God can do it if he wants to. He can say, he didn't do it. He didn't get all mad and do it with wrath or doubting. And God's response is, oh, Daniel, you have become desirable to me. Daniel said, the Lord put me on this fast. I'm going to continue with it. He said, I'm doing this unto you. I am eating no desirable food. And God said, oh, Daniel, greatly beloved, greatly desirable to me. See, it's a picture of unusual increase of favor. Can I tell you right now, I shouldn't be the pastor of this church? I shouldn't be the pastor of this church. I'm certainly not qualified. If you look at my walls, you'll see no degrees. I love you too. Thank you. I have no degrees. I'm a flawed man. I'm a flawed man. But as my life started changing and I started walking away from things that I used to do before, I started giving up things that I once desired. And God began to move in my life. And somewhere in that process, thank you, somewhere in that process, God spoke to me in my spirit and said, you have become greatly desirable to me. Stop looking at me like that. God said, you have become greatly desirable to me. And that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm preaching to you today. Amen. I'm just a country boy from down south. I'm not qualified to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how I get to speak to people like y'all, people that are way more powerful than me, people that have it together more than me. I have no idea what I'm doing. But God says, when you got my favor, when you do things, Jamie, when you do things that, that, that have physical obedience in your life, he says, he says I'm going to give you spiritual release. Amen. Look out. The favor and the blessing are coming. Amen. Miracles are coming. Favor will come. Blessing will come. God will raise you up. And if you're here, it's because God put you here. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Woo. Let's give him a better shout of praise than that. Because, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I shouldn't be here. There are times, listen to me, strategic moments in your life. When God comes, listen, not with a demand, but with a challenge. God will come to you at strategic moments in your life, not with a demand, but with a challenge. You don't have to do it. You are not more spiritual if you fast. Do you hear me? You are not more saved if you fast. You're not. You're not. But God comes at us with the challenge. It's a divine challenge from God. And he says at strategic moments in your life, he said, I want partnership with you. At strategic moments in your life, he says, I want partnership with you. And what you do physically, like Moses, is going to release spiritual things. Amen? 
the physical response of Moses' raised hands was recognized by heaven. The physical response of lepers falling to their knees saying, God, have mercy on me. Heal me, help me. The physical response of that was recognized by heaven. The physical response of David dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant every three steps, he, he, he didn't have to do it. Somebody looking at him and be like, well, you love him in your heart. Why are you doing that? But the physical response of him leaping and dancing with joy in front of the Ark of the Covenant was recognized by heaven. Amen. Amen. He didn't have to do it. It was recognized by heaven. The lifting of the hands in the sanctuary. To some of you, it's unimportant. But God says, I watch what you do with your physical body. I watch what you do with your physical obedience, and it determines whether I release spiritual rewards. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you in the Bible. I watch what you do. I watch what you do with your physical body. He said, and it determines whether I leave spiritual reward. Therefore, I present this body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Amen? What you do with this body, with your physical body, will release spiritual reward. Come on. Listen to this. It's my reasonable service to throw my hands up. Amen? It's my reasonable service to throw my hands up. Not to just know it on the inside, but to manifest it and enter in, into a partnership with God. That's why it's so important. Because you're entering into a partnership with God. Listen, the certain seasons that if I fast physically, listen to this, it impacts the unseen world spiritually. Are y'all following me so far? Okay, I'm halfway done with my sermon right now. Okay, come on, I'll get you out of here. <laughs> when I fast physically with my body, it impacts the unseen world. Daniel said this, he said, I set aside food that was desirable. That's all I did. I just set aside, the day vegetables changed the world. <laughs> I just set aside food that was desirable. Okay? He says, I mourned for three full weeks. You don't understand that saying if you've never done it. I'm just telling you right now. He says, I mourned for three full weeks. Mourn means I was not in a positive, hyped mental attitude. That's what it means. And I promise you, if you fast effectively enough to fill it, I ain't talking about walking around eating all the time just so you stay full. Like I've had 17 pounds of peanuts today and I can't eat. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you're fasting effectively enough to feel it because when you're feeling it, you know when that flesh is being beat down. Amen. You know when you're hungry or something's happening and you start beating that flesh down. You know when you're connecting to God and you're disconnecting from the flesh. Amen? You know that. You know when you're disconnecting from the world. You know when God is doing something in your life. Amen? Amen? You know it. You sense it. That's when the fast is working. Whew. If it doesn't move you, it won't move God. Amen? If it doesn't move you, it won't move God. Daniel, you have turned away the desirable. And in the process, you have become extremely desirable to me. Amen. Wouldn't you love to hear God say that over you? Huh? Instead of saying, oh, Daniel, oh, Tara, you have become, oh, Livy, Taylor, Betsy, Scott, come on, Jackie. Oh, oh, Scott, you have become greatly desirable to me. Oh, Jamie, oh, you have become extremely desirable to me. This story illustrates what happened when a man prays and fasts in the spirit world. It illustrates what happens. Look at this. Look at this. Can I show it, Can I show it to you real quick? We're about done. We've got half hour. <laughs> 
Can I show it to you? God? Listen to this in Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to start right here in verse 11. He said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, this is the angel right here, he said to me, he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, from the first day, he says this, you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Your words were heard. And I have come. Why? Because of your words. Listen to this. This is angels talking to Daniel. This is angel talking to him. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. There was a principality over the, over the, the region of Persia, which is Iran. There was a principality over that region of Persia and this strong demon power withstood me. The angel said, withstood me for 21 days. Amen? But because you kept fasting and praying, Daniel, because you kept fasting and praying, Daniel, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. You see that? The chief prince came to help me. There are three major angels. Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Lucifer fell. Gabriel's the messenger. Michael is the warring angel. And he was sent as reinforcements to break through the enemy's resistance. Amen? It's right here. Listen, guys, it don't get no more graphic than that. I'm telling you, right here, you're seeing into the unseen spirit world right there. He's explaining that to you. That as Daniel fasted and prayed for 21 days, it was held up. It was held up and he said, because of your words. He said, then Michael was dispatched to come help me. When you persist in fasting and prayer, the prayers that have been held up start to break through. Amen? Y'all didn't catch that because that was a really great spot for y'all to shout. When you persist in fasting and prayer, those prayers that have been held up start to break through. Amen. Listen, God likes using everything he made. He loves partnership. He likes to co-labor. Listen to me. He likes to co-labor with his creation. If he wanted the gospel preached, he could just come down on a cloud and do it himself. He's God, but he likes to use you and me. Amen? He likes to co-labor with his creation. If he wanted to just show up, he would. But see, usually when he shows up, there's a presence of angels around. Amen? There's a presence of angels there because they were created for a specific purpose. He said, I was held up. That's what it said. He said, I was held up. The prince of Persia... This, this demonic force held me up, Daniel. Wonder how many times the answers are sent to your prayers the first time, but they never actually made it to us. How many times has the answer already been sent, but it never makes it to us? This story implies that it is very possible that the answer has been sent Stopped and held up. Amen? Did y'all follow that? That the answer was sent. He said, I had been held up for 21 days. Sometimes God says, I'm waiting on you to do something physical with your body. He says, I'm waiting, and then I'll release the spiritual reward. I'm waiting on you to do something with your physical body. Moses had to raise his hands. Y'all got to fast and pray. He said, I was held up for 21 days. He said, but Daniel, you fasting and praying with your physical body, God released the spiritual reward. Amen? Y'all following me this morning? Whew, I hope so. Sometimes God says, I'm waiting on you to do something physical. Now, let me explain something to you. And I really am almost done. There is no battle between God and Satan. There's not. There is no battle between God and the devil. 
God's not warring with the devil. Look, look at Luke 11, 20 right here. Look at this. God says this. He says, I cast out demons with the flick of my finger. Beep. Bible's clear. God is not up there warring and battling with Satan. He says, by the, look, God just gave Satan a finger. And kicked him right out of heaven. With the flick of a finger, he says, I defeat Satan. There's not a battle, no war between God and Satan, but I want you to listen. Everything was created for a purpose. There is a war between angelic forces and demonic forces. Amen? It's real. This story just explained it to us. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is happening, and you and I get to vote who wins. Do you catch that? There is a battle between angelic forces and demonic forces, and you and I get to vote who wins the battle in the heavenlies. We get to vote by what we do here physically with our body. Oh, come on, y'all got to get this. That's what this story teaches us. Do I need to start over? That's what this story teaches us, that we get to vote by our fasting and praying. There are angels and demons that are battling. And the angels and the demons, listen, when they're battling, you and I, what we do with our physical body releases the spiritual reward. He said, Daniel, because of you, he said, because of your words, he said, I come. Amen? Because of your persistent prayer and fasting, Michael came to help. Amen? This kind... This kind, look at Matthew, he said this in uh, 1721, he says, and we talked about this last week, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Can I tell you, we get to vote in the battle of the heavenlies. Your vote counts, amen? Listen, I'm gonna close with this thought. In this story in Matthew chapter 17, when the disciples said, why could we not cast this demon out, right? Jesus said, this kind, comes out but by fasting and prayer. But he answered the question. They said, why couldn't we cast this one out? He says this in 1717. Look at this. Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Do you see that? That's what he said. He said, you faithless and perverse generation. You have unbelief. That's what faithless means. You have unbelief and you are perverse. In other words, he was saying that, that it, this was to his own disciples. They asked him, why can't we cast this out? Number one, you have unbelief. You're faithless. You have unbelief. You have disconnected from God. You have disconnected from the word. You have disconnected from praise and worship. You have disconnected from the fellowship. You have disconnected from his presence. Faithless is not connected to God. Amen? And when you disconnect from God, unbelief begins to take over. You're not faith-filled. Unbelief begins to fill your heart. Anxiety starts to fill your heart. Fear Worry, doubt, depression, all this stuff. And he said, first of all, you're faithless. Look at this, you're not connected to God, but watch this. And you're perverse. Comes from the word pervert. And you're perverse means you're connected to the world. So you have disconnected from God and you're connected to the world. That's why. So Jesus is saying you're not connected to God. On top of that, you're connected to the world. You're connected to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. You're disconnected from God. You're connected to the world. You're picking up stuff I already set you free from. Amen? You're going back to things that I've already set you free from. You're not connected to God. You're too connected to the world. He gives a problem. Then he turns around and looks at them, and he gives them the solution. But this kind comes out by fasting and prayer. Amen. You want to know why you couldn't cast this devil out? Because you're not connected to God. You're too connected to the world. But I'm going to tell you how to fix that. What is prayer? Prayer connects you to God. Amen. Jesus says you're not connected to the world or you're not connected to God. You're too connected to the world. He said, but I'm going to tell you, prayer and fasting. Fasting disconnects you from the world. Do y'all see this? 
You have been disconnected from God. You're too connected to the world. Jesus says you need to fast and pray. You need to fast and pray, disconnecting from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I don't care who you are. I constantly, listen, guys, I'm your pastor. I'm your preacher. I do this full time. And I constantly have to go back and align myself and say, God, I'm getting too connected to the world. I'm just telling y'all, I don't care who you are. I have to say, God, I'm getting too connected to the world. Help me. Because I'm disconnecting from you. Feel it. I feel it. That's why I love this season. Amen? I don't care if you, like, I'm doing mine with wrath and doubting. I get it. But I love this because when we get real, when we get honest, when we get to the place where we feel like we're disconnected from God and we're just too connected to the world, in comes fasting and in comes prayer. Amen? Here it comes. Reconnects us to God. And suddenly, we have dominion and power over the enemy. A fresh anointing, and we obtain the favor of God again on our lives. Amen. Can somebody give him a shout right now? Do you want that in 2023? All right. Come on. Come on. I said, Lord, what are you going to do? And the Lord said to me in my spirit, he said, I'm going to increase favor on your life, on the church, on the ministry. I'm going to disconnect you from the things of the world, habits, addictions, bondages, compromises, besetting sins. He says, I'm going to disconnect you during this fast, and I'm going to reconnect you with prayer. The Word, Bible reading, fasting, seeking me, loving me, worshiping me, and you're going to return in the power of the Spirit, and nothing will be impossible for you. Amen? Nothing will be impossible for you.